so we're to run forward and heed instruction. And um, I had her do that song. I think it's important that we keep it before us as it is a prophecy that the Lord's given us and we keep it before us and, and have a heart, a prayerful heart about that. What's God talking to you in the midst of that? Are you one that needs to heed instruction? Are you need, are you one that needs to run forward? Have you been sitting down? Have you been complacent? Are you studying your Bible? Are you reading your word? Are you praying? Are you seeking after him? Are you pressing into the things of God? And so remember several months ago I said, do you know? Do you know this? Do you know this? Do you know this? Do you know it now? <laughs> You've had a month. Come on. Do you know it now? Huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, there's so much that we could focus on, so much we could do. But I think because of the harvest, he wants a harvest. He wants a harvest. He wants a harvest. He wants a harvest. Isn't that neat? He wants a harvest. And so... So um, that's where that's the, inst- the instruction that that I had gotten a couple of weeks back. Um, did make sure everybody knows how to lead someone to the Lord, to make sure everybody knows how to baptize them in the Holy Spirit because they work together. The both one side is the one side of the coin, the other one's the other side of the coin, and you'll see. I mean, I was prepping, and I, I everything. You know, have you ever stepped? Going too fast. Let's slow down. <laughs> Have you ever seen when you're studying the word all of a sudden, oh, I see this goes with this and this and this and this across the whole New Testament. It all works together. And that's what it was. God, God sent his only begotten son so that you and I can be born again and we can serve him and that we can get our neighbors and our friends and our family born again as well. Amen. And so he not only gave us the scripture, a scripture verse here and there that we can use to get someone born again, but he gave us the help of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's important that we see that. Now, we talked last week about being born again. And as I was prepping, I thought, well, Lord, I see how that works. This works. That works. This works. And, and you know, if you don't know why we need to be born again, then we need to look at that. If you don't know why we need the Holy Spirit, we need to look at that, don't we? Do you know why we need the Holy Spirit? Can you tell somebody why? If you sit down with somebody and tell them, oh, you need this prayer language. You just need this prayer language. It's going to help you. Why? Why do you need that? What's it going to do for you? Huh? So anyway, um, um, that's kind of a beginning there. So uh, I just want to share maybe, possibly, could be, might happen (laughs) next Sunday. Richard might be here next Sunday. But maybe not. So <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know that there's a possibility. <laughs> anyway, um, and um, um, uh, Dave Roberson passed a couple, not last night, but the night before. And so that could be a, a, a make a decision as to whether it comes. Depends on when the uh, celebration is for him. So anyway, I uh, just wanted to give you a heads up so you can... Invite a few. That doesn't mean he's still not coming in March. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so so just just come expecting next week because if if he's not here, we're going to move on in the gifts of the Spirit. And um, I think the Lord's been helping me understand how you can implement them in your life and cause them to flow, flow. That's what we want. We want the gifts of the Spirit flowing, and all of that, all of them flow on the love on the love that's shed abroad in your heart. 
Have you ever come into a situation where you just have compassion? You just have compassion for the situation. What's the love of God wanting to meet the need of that situation? So in meeting that need of that situation, there may be a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a discerning of spirit, a gift of healing manifest out of, on that love flow towards that situation. You understand what I mean? Anyway, that's not my message today, but we're going to talk about, um, okay, we're working on that door back there. We did try to oil it a little bit, but it's got to be taken apart, we think. Anyway, so I just wanted to give you a heads up a little bit about um, um, Richard possibly being here next week, okay? Um, also, the, um, you can pray about this. I've been praying about it. The word that um, I heard this last week at the beginning of the week is pivotal. Pivotal. That's the word that Lord gave me. Pivotal. <laughs> you know, and then I saw some things happen the next day. And so we're still waiting on pivotal. <laughs> anyway, pivotal. You know what pivotal means? You put something going one direction that goes a different direction. Or, or all of a sudden things pivot into a different, into a, a change or whatever you want. But it's, uh, it's an area to pray about. So I'm just telling you that that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> and so we've gone from digging ditches to pivotal. Anyway, okay, so we better get going here. All right, uh, let's look at, um, um, hmm. let's just look at Romans 5. And this is to help you, um, if, jot these things down. This is to help you understand, uh, have an understanding so that you have no concern about sharing the gospel with somebody. Um, and I'm not going, I'm not, I don't think we'll go to all of them because I do want to get into this next part. Uh, Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So who's the one man? Who's the one man? Adam. Adam, yeah. So Adam, he messed up, and so it caused sin to come to everybody. So, so we all had to make the choice to accept Jesus as Lord if you want a different nature. Okay, otherwise you have you have the sin nature and the God nature and they're at war. <laughs> anyway, you know, if you, you you can see that just with what's going in our going on in our government. You just want to look at that because you have a, a lot of sin nature working there and um, God's wanting the God nature to manifest there. Amen. Did you notice the sign one nation under God? Added to it, good. Added to it, yeah, yeah. Um, I just had had that for a couple of weeks to put that one nation under God there. And so that's exactly, exactly what's getting ready to happen. Okay, so I'm just going to throw these scripture verses out. We're not going to take time to turn to all of them. But um, we talked about them last week and we turned to them last week. So Colossians 1, 12 through 14, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Because you accepted Jesus as Lord. And as soon as you did that, you're no longer under, you're no longer, um, uh, underneath the Satan's rule. You're now under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Okay? You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Okay? And, and that's where you need to stay. <laughs> you need to stay in the kingdom of light. I mean, people can make a choice to go back to the kingdom of darkness. 
We can make a choice to get into an area of sin and be in that area of sin. Well, you got one foot in the, in the place of darkness, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can, we can, and then in 2 Corinthians, this is just a real, uh, let's turn there, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I'm going to try to slow down a little bit, but I can tell I'm going really fast. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this, this scripture verse here, if you need to explain to somebody why there's two different natures, you explain to them that there's been a sin nature that has manifested because of what Adam did. And then you can explain to him that Jesus came and he, he, he came and, and broke. And, and um, in Colossians it talks about, you know, where he um, uh, made a public display. He spoiled the principalities and powers and took their power. They have no power anymore. And then he took us and took us out of the darkness and translated us into the light. And so, so the enemy has no power, only what we give it. Give him or them or the demons, demonic influences, the devil himself if he shows up your door. But they have no power. Say no power. power. Devil has. Demons have. have. No power. Only what I give them. Do you know how you give them power? Huh? Yeah, you speak it out of your mouth. You give them power. They watch your actions too, but you know you you have the familiar spirit that watches you. Everybody's got a familiar spirit, and it's not a big deal. He just knows exactly what handles you have. He knows what buttons to push. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. He knows what buttons to push to get you to be angry or fearful or anxious or say the wrong things or do something stupid. You know, he knows what buttons to push. He knows what habits you have had. He knows exactly what lustful things you, you, you uh, desire. He knows those things. He's, he's just assigned to watch you. But see, you know, when you have been crucified with Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, and you continue to do what Romans 8 says, you mortify the deeds of the flesh. You mortify them, the deeds of the flesh. And we're not talking about your spirit, man. We're talking about the flesh. The flesh is the one that continues to bring you into a place of bondage or try to bring you into a place of bondage. Just like I said, you know, if you have a hook or a handle, the, uh, the enemy knows that and he'll grab a hold of that and he'll tug you back this way. But once you, when you do the things that God says to do, you read your word and you pray in tongues and you worship and you're in church and you're doing the things, you're seeking after God. When you do those things, you're putting pressure on the enemy to get out in Jesus' name. So then the next time he comes to pull on that thing, whatever it was, whether it was a lust or a fear or a care and anxiety, the next time he comes, he's going to go, oh, oh, where is it? It's gone. Oh, I, it was here once. Now it's gone. <laughs> now it's gone. Right? That's what's mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Oh, Romans 8 and 9. Lord, are we going there? Romans 8 is so good. It is so good. You do those things above. It's Romans 8.13 that talks about mortifying the deeds of the flesh. We have to set our mind on the things of, of the Spirit and not on the things of death. We have to set our mind on those things. So that's what we do. We, we can set our mind on those things above, 
And when we set our mind on those things above, are we giving the junk any place? No. So that has no place. So the next time the enemy comes to try to get that handle and it's not there. It's not there. He can't pull on it anymore. He can't, he can't, he can't entice him to go into an area of sin. He can't entice him because he's, he's mortified that area. Do you understand how that works? Okay. So that's not my message, but I, okay. So we're translated. Okay. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Now, now this is the scripture verse. I would tell this person, whoever you're leading to the Lord, of course, you want to lead them to the Lord. You can use Romans um, 10, 9, and 10. It's an excellent scripture verse. And I would encourage you, like I said last week, to get that under your belt, the Romans 10, 9, and 10. And when you share with somebody, you don't have to have a whole lot of stuff to say like I'm saying right now. You don't have to have a whole lot of stuff. Just keep it simple. And, and, and if they don't receive from you, it's not a detriment to you. You stepped out and did what you knew to do. Then somebody else will come along and give it a little water, what you sowed. And then somebody else will come along and harvest it. It may go that way. It may not. You may do all three. But, but the thing is not to be discouraged if they don't act like they're receiving anything from you. You sowed the seed. And don't pluck the seed up by going over to somebody else's house and say, well, they didn't, they didn't receive. We don't know they didn't receive, do we? We don't know that. We shouldn't be saying that. We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't confess the wrong thing about the situation that you spoke into existence. Amen. All right. So once you get them born again, then this is a scripture verse that is important. It's vital because it's an in Christ position. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, in Christ, and I've told this before, but the reason, the way you get in Christ is by accepting Jesus as Lord. So everybody sitting here, everybody sitting here is born again and has accepted Jesus as Lord. So right now, you are in an in Christ position and you're seated together with him in heavenly places. That's where you're sitting right now. (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're seated together with him in heavenly places. You're sitting in a heavenly position looking down on your circumstance or looking down on the things of this earth. That's where you're seated. It's a spiritual position, but you're seated there. And that's what you need to know. You're seated there. So every circumstance is under your feet. It's not re- ruling and reigning. You're ruling and reigning. The circumstance is under your feet because you're sitting in a high position. You're sitting in heavenly places. Amen. Okay, so it's important to let them know they're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. New things have come. So you can help them understand what's the old thing that passed away. Maybe they were doing drugs. The old thing passed away. The new thing has come is your freedom and your life. The life of God flows in you now freely. And so then, then they have to, they have to be, like we talked last week, it's important to disciple people. It's, it's really important to disciple people and help them walk in the things of, of God. And so they need to be discipled. We can't just dump them on the street and expect them to walk it out. We have to, have to help them. We have to help them. You know more than they do because you led them to the Lord. So it's important that we disciple people, all right? So that's part of the discipling is to let them know who they are in Christ, what they have been given, 
and what they have lost, so to speak. So you can use scripture verses too. I, I would meditate on these, but you can also use these to teach people. The John 3, 1 about Nicodemus. And we talked about this last week. John 3, 16, God so loved the world. And then, of course, Romans 10, 9, and 10. They're all good scripture verses to meditate on. And um, like I said, keep it simple. Okay, now, Mark 16. And I, I think we're going to allude to this a little bit later. But Mark 16, I talk about that a lot. It's about we've been told to go into all the world. Verse 15, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. And they they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And um, so that's Mark 16. So God was, Jesus came to prepare the church to get the church ready to do what he didn't have time to do. You know, remember, I've told you this before. He was one person here, one person. He couldn't be with each one of you. He was one person here doing the work, and he had his disciples so that they could see what he did. And they took him through the, I mean, he took them through a training process similar to what I believe the Lord wants for the church now in this hour. He took them through that. He taught them. And then he finally gave them, um, he finally gave them authority to go out and to, uh, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, raise the dead. He gave them authority. Remember, they came back rejoicing because even the demons were subject to them, to his name. But he gave them authority to do that. He was training them at that point in time. You see how, see how important it is. And, and even when Jesus was baptized, you know, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Water baptized and then baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I have these scripture verses, if, um, but I'm, I think I'm telling a story this morning. We ha- I have those scripture verses, and if you want the addresses, I can give them to you as, as, we, as we come to that. But, but he, was, he was, Jesus, you know, didn't do any miracles or anything before he was water baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit is so important. And that's why then he started, he went, and let's look at Luke 4, 18. Thank you, Lord. Luke 4, 18. He went then, and this is, of course, the, the Spirit took him right off into the wilderness. And then he came uh, and, and talked, um, verse 18, Luke 4, 18. And he um, basically, the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. This, he was in the synagogue, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He said, he said, and then he said, he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. Verse 21, and he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And so when I first came into the things of God or the full gospel, the baptismal Holy Spirit, I, I was taken to this scripture verse. I made that personal to me. 
I mean that personal. It's not just something Jesus said, but he said it to us too. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And because he anointed me to preach the gospel. See, he's anointed you to preach the gospel. If you, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, he's anointed you. Well, we'll see how that progresses. And he has sent you to proclaim release to the captive. He sent you to do that, just like he sent me. And, and recover his sight to the blind, and he set to set free those who are downtrodden to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The, the one line in there that was so meaningful to me was to um, set free those who are downtrodden. To set free. To set free. That has been my heart for years, is to see the captives set free so that they can do and, and serve and experience the life and the joy that I have experienced and that God has for us. God has all of that for us. Amen? Okay, so let's look at Philippians 2, please, and to see the progressive events. This is a little bit, you know, before what I just read you, but Philippians 2, and um, starting with verse 5, please. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although, verse 6, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of man, and being, verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And why is this relevant? This is relevant because so many people think, well, that was Jesus that did all those things in in, um, the Gospels. That's Jesus. He was a God. I can't do that. And that's not true. He was a man. He was a man doing what we're going to do. He was a man that got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was a man... Look at let's look at Acts. I don't know if this is your my sequence, but this is the Lord's. Acts ten thirty eight. Why don't you guys all text me next week and tell me to bring my new Bible, please? Okay. <laughs> you wait now, I'll get all kinds of texts. Acts ten thirty eight. See he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and now look at and then he proclaimed that in Luke four, eighteen. I'm anointed. And then look up Acts 10, 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay. Okay, let's say this together. You know... And put your name in there of Roberta Edgar. You know of Roberta Edgar. You, you put your name in there. You know of Jerry Sawyer. You know of, okay, how God anointed him. How God anointed me. How God anointed me. With the Holy Spirit. And with power. And how I went about doing good. And healing all 
who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with me. Well, we probably really need to do that again. Don't we? Now that we got, got how it goes. Okay, let's do it again. I mean, it's something you should meditate on, really, because that's who you are. You have been anointed, and God is with you to do the works, just like what Jesus did. Amen? Okay, you know of, Roberta Edgar, how God anointed me with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how I went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with me. Amen. Amen. Okay. God was with you, with me and with you. Okay. So um, so then let's look at Matthew then. And um, we're kind of going back and forth. But this is, I'm, I'm just still trying to tell the story. Matthew 10, 1. And this is the part I talked to you a little bit ago about where he, and you'll find this in three of the Gospels where he went and and um, gave authority to the disciples. Uh, Matthew 10, 1. And having summoned his 12 disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And so that's the same thing. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is going to, be at the point in time where you're going to be anointed to do what he's called you to do. Amen? And and you're going to be anointed. You're going to walk in that power because it says in Acts, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So that power is going to enable you to walk out the same things that Jesus did. He raised the dead. You raised the dead. He healed the lepers. You healed the lepers. He cast out devils. You cast out devils. He, He caused legs to form again, you cause legs to form again. It's no different. It's no different. You're doing the same thing he did. It's no different. Say, it's no different. different. I'm doing the same thing thing that Jesus did. did. I'm anointed. I have power. I I equipped. equipped. I'm bold. bold. And I walk in it. Amen. Okay. 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 Now again, let's. Um, Jesus told. Now it came to trying to tell his disciples. Let's look at um, John sixteen, please. John six. It came time to tell his disciples. You know, and, and he says, "I gotta go." We'll, we'll look at that. I gotta go. I gotta go. But it's important that I go, and this is why I gotta go. Okay. John sixteen seven says. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So he had to go, and it was important he had to go because he had taken his disciples through a training process. They were ready now. They had to, they had to wait and tarry for the help of the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to come on them. They had to do that. But Jesus said, in order for that to happen, I have to go. I have to go. So so the Holy Spirit then could come and be with each one of us to help us just as if Jesus was leading you and guiding you into all truth. Just as if Jesus was walking with you 
and leading and guiding you into all truth. It says the Holy Spirit. I think it just goes on in that that same chapter right there that he will lead you. Yeah, in verse 13, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will. Well, it's the same as if Jesus was standing right next to you and he says, um, I'm going to lead you. This is the way you want to go. And this is the way you want to go. And then this is the way you want to go. And I'm going to lead you and guide you into all truth. I'm going to help you understand. Remember the disciples, they had a hard time. He said, what do you mean by that, master? He would go to him. We'll see. We can do that with, whew, sorry, we wrote that. We can do that with the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever done that? I, I don't understand this. What part of that prophecy, Lord? I, I, I don't understand that part of the prophecy. Could you give me understanding on that? Do you think he's going to do that? Yeah, he's going to do that. He said, I'd never leave you or forsake you. And, and if the Holy Spirit, if Jesus said, I'm going to lead you and guide you into all truth, I'm going to show you things to come, then you can, you can count on that happening when you ask him for help or when you ask him for understanding, or when you ask him, is this the direction I should go? See, he wants you to go in the right direction more than you do, actually. You know, because sometimes we our flesh is tugging us this way, and tugging us this way, and then Jesus says, no, how much go that way? And if you, if you don't stay, if you don't stay pressed into him, you're going to end up going to the right or the left and not straight ahead. You know what I mean? you got to stay pressed in. you got to stay knowing what he's going to do for you. Okay? So, um, okay. So there's, I've got several scripture verses here um, that just talk about knowing that you have been, when you accepted Jesus as Lord, you have been cleansed. You have been cleansed. You're all ready for the Holy Spirit to come and occupy. I mean, I can show you scripture verses and we can look at that. Maybe we will next week on that. But um, um, just know, just know when you accept Jesus as Lord, you are translated, you're transformed, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, new things have come. So the old man is gone and the new man has come. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's right. The old one's gone. The new one has come. And so, so you got to know that when that old man's gone, we, we, we need to have the Holy Spirit come and occupy that area. He, he wants to come. I mean, would you want to go into a house that was a pig pen? They house pigs in there. Would you want to go in there? No, would you want to go in there if you've got a whole bunch of sin going on in your life? No, so that we accepted Jesus as Lord and we got cleansed and we got set free from all of that. Amen? So then the Holy Spirit says, yeah, that man's ready. I'm going to come and fill him with the Holy Spirit. Then I'm going to show him things to come. And I'm going to lead him and guide him into all truth. Okay, so let's look at then Acts one eight, please. Acts 1.8. See, we're still doing the story. Remember, Jesus said, I got to go. You guys, I've got to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And so, um, and Jesus in, in Acts 1.4, he commanded them to wait for the Holy Spirit. He knew it was such an important event. He commanded them to wait, okay? And so then Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses 
both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. You will be witnesses. And so power, you know, that word power there is power, ability, also ability. Also it means um, a power for performing miracles. So if the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, think about it. That power that raised Jesus up out of the grave, think about it. I mean, we need to meditate that. The power that raised him up out of the grave, how much power do you suppose that took? He'd been dead, what, three days? Raised him up out of the grave. A few things had to be recreated, I'm sure. Raised him up out of the grave. Amen? Raised him up out of the grave. That same power is in you. That same power enables you to do do miracles. That same power is the ability in you to do that. That same power is in you. Amen? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And that's Romans 8.11, if you want to write that down. Um, we're, we're not going to go there. But anyway, um, let's look at John 16, please. So in telling this, in telling this story, do you see, can you see how important it was that Jesus readied his disciples so that then they could go and tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit? Now we'll, we'll probably pick up the rest of that next week and talk about, um, unless Richard's here and talk about, we'll talk about the, the how to receive the Holy Spirit, how, how you can pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. There are sometimes a special, special anointings on people. To do that, I I do carry that. I I it's somewhat easy for me, not always, but a lot of it has to do with being able to help people get in, moved into a place of being able to receive the Holy Spirit. But anyway, um, can you see the sequence of events? How it was so important. Jesus hung up his deity. It was all for us, but it was important for us to see that he hung it up. He isn't he isn't God running around doing the miracles. It was a man. It was a man going around doing the miracles. Amen. So it's important for us to see that. And then it's important for us to see the steps that Jesus took. He trained his disciples. He showed them how, um, you know, what to do in the midst of, of everything. And so he uh, showed them how to cast out devils. And then he showed them how to heal the sick. And he then he told them to go do it. You know, gave them the authority to do that. And see, he's given you the authority already. In Matthew 28 and Mark 16, he gave you the authority. So you already have the authority. And then now you go and you, not you, but they waited for the, the Holy Spirit to come. He says, wait. And then the Holy Spirit came and they were endued with power from on high. Amen. Okay. So I want to look at John 16, kind of back where we were for a minute. We'll, we'll stay in John now for the rest of, rest of the morning. John 16, 13, please. This is still, still, um, maybe we already used this, but, um, but for 13, but when he, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak. Now this next part is what's really important. He will not speak on his own initiative. The Holy Spirit's not going to speak on his own initiative. He's not going to just say whatever he wants to. 
You, you see what I mean? The Holy Spirit is, be, is instructed to say, look, that's, what's it say here? He will not, the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, the Holy Spirit hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you what God the Father is saying to Jesus. Okay? He's going to reveal it to you. Amen? Amen. That's why nobody knows the day and hour when we're going home. That's why nobody knows that. Because God hasn't told anybody. God hasn't told Jesus. If he told Jesus, then we would know. You know? Okay. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Okay? So, so just know you are not in this all alone. When you're going to minister to somebody, the whole, God the Father, God the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit all right within you, helping you do the work. It's not you doing it. It's not you doing it. You're just being obedient to do. You're being obedient to go. Amen? Okay. Let's look at John 14, please. 12. Verse 12. Okay. Um, Dennis, would you read that? That's why I need my new Bible. Anyway. John fourteen twelve, please. Yeah, see, because he went to the Father, and then he says, I need to give you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do greater works than I did. Amen? Now, let's back up one more to John 10, 10, 37, please. 10, 37. Okay, and, and Jesus is talking here. Do If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Okay? You need to believe the works. And so many times people, you know, it, it takes that for people actually... Oh, there is a God. Oh, Jesus is Lord. It takes seeing the miracle. It takes seeing the healing happen. And they come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, so do the works. Do the works. And, um, this, this is just, I mean, there's probably more revelation to this than I'm giving you. But if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. That's Jesus saying that. Don't believe me. Believe my works. Believe what you see done because the Father is in me. Amen? Believe what you see done. So um, if, depending on what's going on next week, um, I, and I want to get to the gifts of the Spirit, um, we, we, we may just talk about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how to pray for other people to receive it. If we can get to the gifts of the Spirit, we will. There's some point in time where I know I'm supposed to lay hands on you to receive the gifts of the Spirit. 
Okay? When I say the gifts of the Spirit is the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. That's one group. And then there's the faith and miracles, um, faith and and um, gifts of healing and miracles. That's another group. That's the power group. And the one first group that I just read you, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits is the revelation. And then there's the inspiration is prophecy and uh, uh, speaking in tongues and interpretation. And speaking in tongues with interpretation equals prophecy. So we'll talk more, a little bit more about those to help you understand that none of those things are scary. <laughs> Although we, we have a tendency to think in our thinking, they are. But if you're yielded to the flow of the Spirit, He will use you and He wants to use you. Okay? Okay. All right. Um, just a minute. I need to make sure I've said everything that he wants said. So if you want to just pray in your prayer language quietly for a minute. Let me check, okay? It's, I think uh, he's just reminding us that, and I could probably put this in a word form, but I, I usually just see stuff and tell you what I see or I hear here and there and then trust him to give me the rest. He's just like reminding us, this is a new day. You know, haven't I told you that? And I've told you that, and I've told you that, that this is a new day. And 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 see, there's, for most of you, this will be a new way of what, we, what we're doing. We're so used to just being in that groove of coming to church and sitting in church, and we have not gone out and done the things that God has called us to do or he's commissioned us to do in the Great Commission. We haven't done those things. So that will be a new part of the new day. That will be new for the church. And there's a lot of the church that doesn't even know what you guys know. And so all, all when you think about it, how are they going to walk in the power? How are they going to pray for the sick if they don't even know they're supposed to, if they don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit? And we'll see that when we go to Acts next week. There's people that got born again. They didn't even know there had been a Holy Spirit that had been given. So that's going to be our job. You know, that's going to be our job to share, share the truth with these people so that they have the opportunity and the ability and the, and they've been equipped to do what you guys know to do. Amen. Amen. And it's, it's, and he, he would say with him, all things are possible. So when you go to look at a situation like a leg missing, it's not your it's not your problem. It's his problem. <laughs> you know, and it's his problem. It's not you don't have to get that leg to manifest. You don't have to do that. But with God all things are possible. It's God's job. You just be obedient to lay hands. You just be obedient to do what you know to do. And and God does the rest. That's why he gets the glory and you don't. And that's why you shouldn't ever you should never, ever, ever, never, ever <laughs> take the glory. Never, ever. Don't ever take the glory. That's not, that wouldn't bode well with you. 
And um, it's really important that you don't. God gets the glory for everything that goes on. Amen? So one more, just one minute. I'm not sure I have a release. Again, <clears throat> this is a, is a new day. I keep hearing old things have passed away. <coughs> new things have come. Old things have passed away. I never even thought about that. It was in that song, wasn't it, Kim? Old things passing away. And and you don't think about that when you use that 2 Corinthians 5.17. Old things passed away. New things are coming. New things. New things. Uh, I probably should rephrase that. New things are here. It's us, the church, that's going to have to get a hold of them and pull them in. Are you a carrier of revival? It's going to depend upon you if you carry the revival or not. You're going to have to pray it in. You're going to have to pull it in. You're going to have to speak it in. And that's why I wanted to do that song again today. Okay, I think that's good. Father, we just want to thank you for your word that's alive and active. We thank you, Father, that we have a hunger to be used by you and to serve you. Father, we're excited about the things that you're doing. And Father, we want to be ready. We want to be equipped. We want to be prepared to do and, and serve you in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise and glory. Always, Father, we give you the praise and glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.